You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser and author of the Living with Cross-Dressing book series. And I'm Julie Rufenstein, proud ally and co-founder of Fox and Hanger, an online styling service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hey, Savannah. How are you today? I am good. I'm feeling a little spooky. Are you feeling spooky? Why? What's why are you feeling spooky? Because today is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is Halloween. I got my ears on. I wanted to be the fox from Fox and Phoenix instead of the Phoenix. So I put like a, at least for this episode, I put on my little ears for you. Uh, with yes, the- I like those ears. They're very Thanks. festive. And Thank foxy. you. That was very foxy. Um, got those at a Comic-Con uh, nice. years ago. Yeah, I like uh, how you bent the gender a little Thank bit. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I know if this is iconic enough that you're Charlie Chaplin today. I am. Because What uh, was it that gave it away? Was it the mustache, the hat, or the cane? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> I mean, this one thing about Charlie Chaplin. He is really so iconic. I mean... So. The derby, the cane, and the mustache. I mean, those three things in combination, you can't go anywhere else but Charlie Chaplin. Did you know that Charlie Chaplin was my first style icon? Really? Yes. I mean, how old were you when that became a style icon? In fifth grade. And we had to do a book report where we had to, on a a real person, and we had to dress up like the character and present in front of the class. And I was very, very shy. And I decided to, you know, I I had watched the movie, The Kid, and that was amazing. And I was very much drawn to Charlie Chaplin's like bowler hat, mustache, like the posture that Mm -hmm. Charlie Chaplin had. The the posture that the clothes helped Charlie Chaplin kind of embody this character and do all this physical acting without even talking. The fact that someone can communicate that much without saying a word fireworks went off because I didn't like speaking. I didn't say a word at school. So getting dressed up like Charlie Chaplin, it opened up something in me that could, that connected the dots between not having to say anything, but speaking volumes in terms of your creative expression. Mm. So I don't know, it was something about the cane and the how it, how it made me feel in this costume that made, made me feel very confident and that from the Charlie Chaplin period that led to love. Have you ever seen the movie Newsies? Yes. Oh, that was the movie that like led me to believe or it like just reconfirmed that I am like a raging hetero because that I wanted to take every single Newsies and, and be their girlfriends because I want, I love their clothes. I love the paperboy hats. I love the suspenders. I love the, the dirtiness, the pants that kind of came up to the calf that, you know, and and ever since then, I just been drawn to that kind of playing with the masculine a little bit. Well, you, yeah. And it's funny because you definitely sound like you have a twenties, a 1920s, thirties aesthetic. Really? Say it again, but louder. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely have a 1920s, thirties aesthetic. Yes. Yes. You can tell that with your hats. Because obviously everybody knows that about the time of the 60s, nobody wore hats anymore as a general rule. 
but yeah, I definitely like the style of hats you do wear that we've seen you is definitely um, to that and your suspenders and even your overalls have that same yeah. vibe to them. So I could definitely yeah. say that that would be a big influence for you. And I do think it's extremely sexy when when women who are, give off more of like a high femme vibe are able to pull off suspenders, tuxedo, able to play with that masculine form of expression. I think it's very alluring and I am drawn to. Diane Keaton was also after the Charlie Chaplin thing, which the yes. two of them could have done a kind of runway walk together. True, in yeah. Their style. Yeah, her style is very much that and pretty much almost any film I've seen her in modern day other than the Godfather films where obviously she was wearing period piece clothing. But yeah, any of like her, her film work after that, the Woody Allen films or uh, yeah. the one with Jack Nicholson, she always had a very, yeah, that very kind of modern, androgynous, semi-masculine aesthetic. Bowler that, hats. Bowler hat. It works for Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, like, for me, when I was growing up, um, that aesthetic that you're speaking about uh, would, for me, in my era, would be uh, Annie Lennox. Mm. Because she's very much, again, she was super femme, you know, but yet she had that close crop hair, the tuxedo-y look, or she'll have, like, the, the baggy pants and suspenders and dressed oh, down, button-down shirt. Yeah, I mean, and for her, it worked. And I remember think that's when what, you told me that, and I was remember when you told me that, and I was like offended. You're like I, you kind of have an Annie Lennox vibe. I'm like, screw you! Like I didn't, I didn't really even know what that meant, and I was I was offended because I'm like, I don't know, I have no experience with her, but for some reason, I thought I had some point of reference to be offended, so I apologize. <laughs> Thank you. And I actually had forgotten about that because of therapy. We had worked through that, uh, me and my therapist. But oh, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do remember you saying that, and I was like, "Why?" I was I was really complimenting you about that kind of like ultra femme masculine combo, you know, kind of that blend. And again, that was my reference point to do that. Whereas any other '80s icon in music, maybe Pat Benatar a little bit, it was always ultra femme. Even Cindy Lauper with the the big colors and the big hair and the poofy skirts and Madonna with the over-sexualized oh, I love you know, look. I mean, they're all amazing looks, but yet you look at Annie Lennox in the same years and she was going so counter, uh, you know, counter fashion to what was, uh, you know, the big pop draw. And you right. even can go back to uh, Catherine Hepburn and mm. like yeah. what she fought just to get to wear pants. And she was a, yeah. such a huge icon that she could kind of get away with it but she still went through a lot of angst to be able to wear pants you know i mean it's so absurd in these days to think about it but yeah she was definitely fighting the culture back then too i love anyone that has a strong style aesthetic that kind of pushes back from the, the norm and then has this giant influence on yeah. pop culture and society but then i i always go back to the kind of that the misfits are the ones who just kind of break the rules and have everyone be like, okay. And the truth of the matter is if you own it, mm. it belongs to you and no one really, like if you own it a hundred percent, I've noticed that the world can't really say much because right. you're owning it. You're not even opened even a pore size to their feedback. Right. right? You're, you're unapologetic. And just kind of circling back to the topic of Halloween. <laughs> 
and, and stuff like that. I, I, you and I have spoken about this a lot about Halloween is kind of the, what did you call it? The, oh, Christmas we could, for the cross-dressers Christmas. Cross-dressers yeah, Christmas. I love that. Um, and it's interesting with the time we're in right now with the pandemic. I mean, there's a lot that's being compromised. So maybe we can speak about both those things. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's funny you say that because I really didn't think about that in terms of me. Um, because one, I'm not a huge going out to Halloween parties kind of person. Um, so that was really never me. But for me, the two things that have been compromised uh, is the ability to do any kind of go out to a party. And I don't want right. to, even if there is one. Um, and two, Comic-Con in New York right. was always my big cosplay, kind of like the costume I would wear for Halloween would be my cosplay costume that I would wear at the start of October. But I mean, this year I'm not going to Comic-Con. And so that's closed to me for this year. I, w I am in the office. I don't know if you knew that, but I go to work every day mm -hmm. and we are still yeah. pretty, not quarantined, but we're all pretty isolated. We're definitely like 10, 15 feet apart from each other. We wear a mask when we go, you know, when we actually leave our desk and make sure our temperatures are done. So I would definitely, I would definitely be wearing a costume on Halloween. I don't care if there's anybody else in the office or not. I will just show up there in costume. Well, good for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I what? I doubt it. Um, but that's going to be my outlet. It's just that. I mean, luckily earlier last month, I was able to do that cosplay workshop for uh, the kids. Um, they're part of a, a local LGBTQ youth group. And they had like a summer camp, a virtual summer camp, and I was able to do a workshop for cosplay. So I got to dress up then too in the costume. So that kind of gave me my, my outlet for costumes. But all that being said, you're right. Everything is different. This year is like those people who are like, oh, people don't know I cross dress, but this is like that right. opportunity that it's deemed okay to cross dress. Right. But what am I going to do? It's like, unless I'm going to like put myself in harm's way, why would I dress up or not? I have no excuse to dress up because there's no place to go. Right. That's an important revelation or fact yeah. in and of itself that, that to take away that kind of chance to be visible, chance to express yourself outside your room, chance to interact with people and have, have yourself be seen and see others as this totally completely different gender it's i can imagine it's amazing and, and there's a chance to celebrate and there's a charge to it and a freedom to it and once that's taken away for those that are new to it or just starting out it's they're robbed yes this year. and we knew and we made a point that this episode we want to coincide with the season with the holiday because again it is so important for cross-dressers in general to, like you said, have this avenue, have this this ability to have a freedom with less judgment from others. Like it's almost like, oh look, hey look, Joe's dressed up as a uh, Marilyn Monroe. No, oh, that's cute. Like you know, look, he shaved his legs for this. You know, it's like you know, people can get behind like the gender bending, um, just like you with with uh, being Charlie Champlin. Nobody would say word one to you the next day about. Oh yeah, Julie was Charlie Chaplin. I was like, oh, you did it really well. I was like, but if a guy does it, one, they they have more forgiveness that people won't think that they're a crossdresser necessarily. They'll just think they're doing it as a you know parody or 
just be a gag or whatever. But you're right, they can be accepted for those hours or however long they're out. I mean, to go to a bar or a party or wherever in that guise, I guess it is very freeing, even if it's under the the auspicious of, of something that not cross-dressing. Right. And and I know that just looking back at, at on television and movies, comedians going on talk shows as a female or is that being part of their shtick or doing a whole, you know, piano performance and femme. And it's just one of those things that always receive laughter. Yes. And with laughter, I guess you can associate that with with joy, right? I mean, I guess if I'm thinking about what laughter and what makes good television and laughing, right? And appreciating. And so I believe that Halloween, when men are able to express this part of themselves and it gives off this kind of little, you know, chuckle from from the viewers, that, that's a lot easier to handle. I can imagine it hurts less than let's say you were to step out in front of your partner, you were to step out in front of your peers and be laughed at just because they, not necessarily as a, we hate you, we're gonna shame you, but because people don't know how to react. They're being traumatized and they're, they're dealing with this situation in a way, what does trauma mean? You just don't have the emotional, when something happens, you don't have the emotional responders to deal with it appropriately. right yep um so when people laugh i when partners laugh and colleagues laugh at the vulnerable presence of a man stepping out as female it is so hurtful to the person receiving the laughter right and at the same time the awareness on their half that this may happen i mean it's a it must be a giant fear like a worst case scenario kind of thing it is, it is painful. And at the same time, I can't really blame the people laughing because they're just responding to this. They're not prepared for it. It's like a nervous laugh or whatever it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. You know, ironically, when I first went to Comic-Con, I spent, I went, I've been to Comic-Con like 10 years in a row. I didn't start doing cosplay till like halfway through. Because I was actually very self-conscious about presenting as a costume person, you know, as a, a superhero, yeah. which was weird because you would think it's like, oh, you're, you want to dress as Savannah, but you have this weird perception about how you're dressing as a superhero. And, you know, because I, I think I just had body image issues and didn't think I could pull right. it off and stuff. So I finally did it. What were you? you um, my first year, I went to Comic-Con by myself. Um, this was... Uh, prior a girlfriend prior girlfriend who had no interest in going to comic-con with me so i was uh, miss marvel uh so i had my thigh high boots and you know uh, like four inch heels uh platforms uh and I, was, and I took the long island railroad into the city and i had my you know it was basically like was wearing a bathing suit in october with a mask and blonde hair and what colors uh black with. black and gold it was a okay. black bodysuit with black gloves black uh, boots and like a big lightning bolt looking uh, emblem on the front yeah, and a mask it. It, was, it was pretty hot i gotta tell you uh but i met some amazing people on the train um it's, you were not alone dressed as a i was i was only one gender uh switching but there was funny because there was somebody dressed as wolverine if you know hugh jackman mm. from the movies but yes. he, it was a pink outfit so he was like 
I don't know if he was supposed to be gay Wolverine or, <laughs> or what, but we were like, we were on the same train and they were, they actually befriended me very quickly because again, it was like, we all were cosplaying. It didn't, it didn't mean like, oh, you're a crossdresser. It didn't mean, oh, you're whatever. It's like, oh, we're all in costume. We're all having a good time. We're all going to the same place. This is our big tribe. So that first experience was very liberating for me. I had a great time. But ironically, when I wore costumes to the office, okay, so now we're talking the next year I had enough gumption to wear my next costume, which was Power Girl, who has a huge open like keyhole for her her breasts, breastuses. Wow. Uh, so very endowed. And um, the, the good story is, if we're talking about all clean fun, there was this gentleman who worked there, um, Asian of, of some descent. Um, so unfortunately, he was very hard to understand. But he ended up taking like little hard candies and stuffing them in my my bodysuit so that how I'd have these. How did you feel about that? I didn't know how, I don't know how I was supposed to feel. I was very taken <laughs> aback. He had this big grin on his face, huge, huge grin. He's giggling and he's like putting these like little hard candies. So I'd have these huge protruding nipples. You're like, did you ask? see that? That's your aha moment of life as a woman in the office. <laughs> yes. You are harassed. Yes. Expect to have candy, put mm. down your top. Yes, no consent. And have it be funny. Yeah, it was no, no consent culture back then None. at all. And so he put these little candies in and then he wanted a picture and he was giggling the whole time. And I was honestly, I didn't know what, how to feel about it at all. So I was like, all right, that happened. And then we moved on and it, was, it became an anecdote. But on the flip side, the following year, I dressed as Miss Marvel in the office because um, I did like that character quite a bit. And uh, one of the younger, you know, in his 20s, I guess, early 30s, uh, told my girlfriend, because she worked at the office at the same time, that he couldn't even look at me when I was dressed mm. that way. So he didn't, he made it like a, like a little comment to me, but like more of like innuendo and more like kind of, kind of passive aggressive. And I was like, well, that's not cool. But then mm. to actually say it again to my girlfriend, like, I really can't stand to look at him when he's dressed like that. I mean, that's kind of the flip side. So there's like fun in games and making a big laugh out of it. And then there's somebody who really is viscerally, uh, negatively impacted emotionally by how I'm dressed. You know how they say that homophobia is like the number one sign of like being gay? Yeah. It makes me feel like there's a part of that person that wishes to express that part of themselves or has you know, or is, and, and so the response was kind of a projection of this person's own desires or whatever it is, because why can't they face someone? Unless yeah. they have, like, why, why do they have to be that way? And I could be totally off base, but it just feels like it's Halloween. There's no need for, for nastiness and yeah. to bring it up, keep that to yourself, but to bring to make nastiness to you and then go the next step further and say something to your girl, was it your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. It just shows that this not only triggered this person, yeah. but there was that need to like spread the trigger throughout past the human mind <laughs> and let her know. Yeah. I couldn't even look at this person. It just comes from a very nasty, Insecure place. something in the place. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree. I agree with what you're saying that we've seen so many very staunch 
anti-LGBTQ like politicians that, you know, they, they try to pass bills and anti-gay bills and discriminatory, yeah. you know, all these things they try to do when they're in office. And then we find out years later, oh, so-and-so was caught on a, uh, right. you know, in Rio de Janeiro with this you know, <laughs> hunky boyfriend, like exactly what you're saying. It's like, right. they are suppressing that side of themselves and they suppress it to such a degree that it comes out as just venom against yeah. what they, they fear. Is this the case for this one gentleman? I don't know. I kind of don't think so. I think they just, they don't think it's right for whatever reason, even though we're all under the guise of just having a good time in the office and our costumes, but yet it was such a trigger. I don't know, but it still bothers me to this day. That, I'm, that sure. I'm sorry. That's, that's uncalled for because I don't know, Halloween is such a free for all. Yeah. You know, there's all this kind of toxic expectations, you know, for, and I don't know if women choose to dress a little, like, like in as less stuff as possible, mm. but they do, you know, <laughs> that might be, who am I to say that it's like a female stereotype, you know, mm. they may want to, because they feel more conservative usually, and they feel more like they have to follow, the, be a good girl and follow the rules and Halloween is a chance for them to really step out of that right the sexy Um, news (laughs) yeah and for me I've always been a fan of like the illusion you Mm. know I'm I'm, I'm a theater geek through and through and I always it was always my mission to get like the best costume title in high school okay so like one year I got this ugly rubber mask it was an old lady it was this rubber mask and I like bit down on the um the mouth I like bit down so it looked like I had no teeth I put a backpack over my shoulders and put like a burlap sack over and I was and I had a cane and I had an apple and I played this ugly witch the witch from Snow White right she was like the old lady going house to house so I totally love getting off on like total transformations Mm. where people cannot recognize recognize me and playing with like different genders and angles and this and that and using how and as I've grown older and now that I'm a mother I don't want to admit that it's not as fun (laughs) but I don't get into it as much as I used to well life Um, is life I mean you know it yeah life just gets in the way sometimes life gets in the way and but I do have a lot of fond memories from high school and one of the things that I do remember is there was I went to a school where everyone had dyslexia. So it was kind of this motley crew of like strange looking people with like body odors and acne. And I guess it was just a high school, but like- You say that sounds like every high school. Right. But there wasn't really like a cool crew. Mm. There was a a select individuals of like, there was a select um, group of people that would have been popular had they gone to any public school and they thought they were cool. But no one else in the school wanted to be like them or, uh, be, you know, there was none of that. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. those, I'll call them the pretty people. They were like a, a group of like maybe five, you know, five or six guys and a couple of girls. Um, they took up a table. Anyways, <laughs> the guys would dress, the guys would dress as females. Hello. Hello. During Halloween, I remember this particular year, and it was just this like they looked like they were loving it. Mm. The way they sat, the, the the motions, the way they they had gotten these press on nails, and you know the way they were very into the voice. 
you know, using the voice. They kind of spoke in like a Minnie Mouse voice and everything was flamboyant and over the top, but they, they were received with, with a lot of um, laughter and joy and, and just love and life. So it was right. just very interesting when given the keys to the car, who will run with it, who will say, yes, now I get to try it. Like, this would be hilarious. You know, even the jockiest of jocks. Right. It just shows that. It's, you know, it's funny you say that because now I just remembered like when I, we go to pep rallies. I don't know if you had pep rallies, but we had pep rallies in junior high and high school. And there was always like once a year, always a pep rally where all the football players would dress up like cheerleaders and all the cheerleaders would dress up like football players because they'd have <laughs> the, the pads on. And it just dawned on me. I'm like, like they were completely and utterly accepted. It was a yeah. great time. Everybody got behind it. They could be as flamboyant and weird and, and ultra femme and sassy as they wanted to be. And everybody loved it because it was like the pretty people. And it was all the people that would bully the fags, that would bully yes. the LGBTQ. Yes. They were, and would rape the girls and do all that stuff. Suddenly, it's cool, guys. Yeah. Oh, my you God. Know, so, you know, suddenly, it's cool. We're going to do this thing because we are so manly and we mm. can do this, but don't worry all you, you know, all the people that, we bully. That we're beating, right, that yeah. we're bullying and shaming for, for wearing eyeliner or whatever it is. That, I don't know, that bothers me. It, it makes me so angry because it's this like thing that's so like, ha, ha, ha. but really it, it feels toxic. It is. And man, it's like, you brought that up and actually gave me shivers. Um, because, you know, you, again, you have to remember when I was in high school and junior high, I was bullied just to be, just because I was a smart kid, but not because I was outwardly femme or outwardly gothic with eyeliner or anything like that. It was like, I was just being bullied because I wasn't a jock and I didn't have great hand-eye coordination. I was just a smart kid who was just trying to get through, right? right? So to what you're saying, it's like, I wasn't even part of that bullying. I wasn't part of those people who were bullied for other things. I was just talking yesterday about, we were talking about fashion. Uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about fashion. We're talking about bell bottoms. Mm, I love that. Well, here's, well, here's where it gets dicey, right? There was a girl <laughs> right. in, in high school who was very bohemian in her look. Now, whether it was hand-me-downs or just she loved the aesthetic, she would wear mm. like very Janis Joplin-y kind of Ooh. outfits. And while you and I can appreciate that, she was bullied all the time mm. for what she wore. And she was just being hurt. Right. Right? And all she was yeah. doing was just wearing something that wasn't what the cool kids were wearing. It was a generation off or whatever it was. It was like when, I don't know. But she was she wearing was. like the 60s, early 70s in the 80s. And that was just like. That ain't going to fly. That ain't. It was like, we did that. We don't want any little sight of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was cooler in like the 90s when I rocked my mother's bell bottoms and that was like my thing. And I'm like, this is the best. And it's kind of <laughs> accepted because I was at that point removed enough. Yeah. But yeah. it's, bullying is so, it can be so painful, especially when you just want to express yourself. I'm so yeah. sorry that happened. And I, I feel, I mean, I feel bad for her. I mean, I did not bully her, obviously. But just the fact I knew, I didn't stand up for her either. I mean, I didn't know her that well. I just knew she was an object of bullying mm -hmm. and to wonder like how that affected her and how she maybe didn't, you know, expand her 
who she was as a person at that point because every day would be, you know, an attack of some sort just because of what she was wearing. But yet now, thank God now, I, I believe now, like kids can pretty much wear almost anything they want to wear because we've kind of been through like kind of the cycles of fashion. So now everything is so blended. You know, if you want to wear capris, you wear capris. You want to wear bell bottoms, wear bell bottoms. If you want to, you know, whatever you want to do. High-waisted pants, you know. It's like, it seems like almost everything is okay these days, I think. Yeah, that's, that's hope, So right? my fingers are crossed right now. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I'm a little divorced from that, too, of, like, knowing what kids are wearing and what they're being bullied for, if anything. But, right. yeah, I mean, it's still very toxic out there for the kids, unfortunately, in other ways. But um, anyway, <laughs> I know we get yeah, off track yeah. and it's, it's kind of a, a very, you know, bitter subject, you know, talk about what's happening, but we have to understand that bullying is a part of everything. You know, if you are that different person and you aren't owning it, like you said, if you aren't the person just out there like, dude, I am unapologetic. I'm being me. You can say whatever you want. It don't matter to me. That's what we all have to be. Right. And that's, that makes you a hero and a warrior. And it also makes you a target. So it's almost like as these bullies punch you to the ground, you just keep on getting up, keep on getting up. And it's, it's, I once heard a poem about, you know, letting the waves kind of smack you down. And every time you're getting up and every time you rise, you suddenly, it, it stings less, mm. right? And you just continue on being yourself through those years where it's just like, it will get better. Like if I wish I could say something to my, you know, teenage self, that's, it will, it will get better. It won't always be this, yeah. This small little micro, you know, this this little fishbowl that you're traveling in, and only yeah. the wise ones know that, right? Only the wise ones are like, I know what's out there, and this is not it. I'm just gonna keep on, you know, learning what I have to learn, and then find my tribe elsewhere. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I remember in high school that it will get better. I'm just doing my work. I'm, you know, studying for my tests. I'm working at Wendy's. Yeah. Just, I was just like going, going through emotions, getting it done. So take some foresight. Yeah. Like it takes some, it takes a certain individual to be able to be like that smart, wise soul that, especially with Instagram and all these influencers out there, knowing that they have a place where they fit. So it takes a certain type. And for the most part, you're just in it, you're surviving and wherever you're in, it wherever you are in life especially as an adolescent but like (laughs) you are in your world and it feels permanent and it feels like nothing can get better and you're so in it and I I can definitely guess that 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 feeling it gets different you get more mature you have more life experiences but that may not change like whether you're let's say you're a transgender individual that's transitioning and you're waiting for the surgery you're waiting for the hormones or you're waiting for all these things it's really difficult and it takes a lot of therapy to be able to say i am where i am i'm enjoying the process you know what i mean suddenly you have like you have oprah's mentality and (laughs) you're able to like carpe diem you know it's very hard it is it really is and and again I, i was just heads down i was a workhorse i'll suffer just uh heads down get it done um and that's and I don't know if that's a byproduct of my upbringing or just because you know work lower middle class working class family it's just you know that was kind of ingrained so you just kind of went with it maybe that helped me maybe now that I'm talking about it this second is like maybe that ethic was helpful to my upbringing because I just kind of kept 
persevering through regardless of what it was but you know i was still a misfit i was still i mean it definitely got us to this podcast it got <laughs> us to where we are today that workhorse mentality yeah and maybe my add creative spirit all over the place also helped us get i don't even want to say get us you got us here right no but you got I, us here no you got us here no, no you it was got you us here. it's your fault it yeah you, no you. i know <laughs> To our listeners, if they hadn't listened to earlier episodes, basically saying that Julie came to me with this grand vision and dream, and I was more than ready and willing to be like, huh, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. But it wasn't my dream. It was your dream. I just helped us realize it to the point we are. So You made it come true. Yeah. Yeah. You literally made it come true. But if it wasn't your voice... In my voice together, I wouldn't have done it on my own. What? Yes. And I think that's what it is. It's it's the voices. I think together we make it work. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here by myself on a podcast going, "Hi, everybody." Um, yeah, With box just, ears. Yeah, just box <laughs> ears going. Hey, nobody's here looking or listening, but hey, I'm here. <laughs> I like talking to people, and I think that's the yeah. other part of it. Is that no matter where I am. If somebody asked me a question like at Starbucks back in the day, you know, before COVID, um, if people came up to me, I would love to have a conversation with people. And I'm sure you're the same way. It's like you want to be engaged. Engaged and curious about people Mm -hmm. and the ways that they live. I mean, you and I both have this inherent curiosity about people and their stories and and feel inspired by them. And do a little inspiring if we can. Mm -hmm. We try. We try. I mean, that is one of my tenets, even just individually for myself as Savannah, these Sundays is to, you know, before kind of everything got shut down, it was about being visible in the community of, in upstate South Carolina, just being out in the world, being sitting, sitting at a Starbucks table and having people see us or see me, you know, so that was important to me to have that. You've done a lot of done a lot of work and experienced a lot of stuff to get you to that to that point and I just start to feel a little bit a little bit sad because what if there's all these cross-dressers out there that have been perfecting their craft just waiting for Halloween to hit and whether it's taking their kids out whether it's going to a party not going to a party what if what if this Halloween was like their time to step out Mm. right and be seen Mm -hmm. because no one would think they just think they're wearing a costume when their their soul you know their creative spark was just able to just be out there as a parent bringing their child you know stepping out as stephanie bringing their child trick-or-treating like they were able to step past the fact that this is a climate halloween is a climate for self-expression and change but they were able to use that to go house to house as Stephanie, as Brooke, as Sheila, you know, as whoever they are in their feminine self. Yeah. It, it, it breaks my heart that, that maybe people won't be able to do that. Maybe it'll be, I don't know. Well, may, maybe, depending on where we are, right? And depending on what state you're in or what environment you're in, maybe there still will be opportunities for that. We don't know. Yeah. Um, as long as everybody stays safe. Like you said, you know, just incorporate a mask into your costume you know get get the extra layer of protection maybe you can still do it um maybe it's a time to take that spark or take that kind of inspiration and maybe alter it to 
a different way to express yourself. Or maybe you take that moment to say, you know what? I don't want to let this moment go by. And I don't want it just to be this one Halloween that I'll never be able to recapture and have to wait a year for. Maybe it's something that's going to be important enough to make that transition to come out and say, you know, hey, my spouse or my girlfriend or my family or whoever, you know, maybe, maybe it will be that spark that transcends to a different exploration. I Um, hope so. I just got a little daydream of a father saying to his child, like, do you want to dress me up with all your costumes? Mm. Tutus, aunt, tiara, go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you know, whatever they need to do to kind of make it work for them. Right. It sounds, I'm hearing a lot of hope from you. And for me, I'm just like, oh, it kind of like, um, Whoville. Christmas has been destroyed forever. You know, it's just like, <laughs> Halloween is over. <laughs> like, we're cross-dressers everywhere. Like, it just, I don't know. But it, but but you're right. But you're absolutely right. I mean, this is different than every other year. This reminds me, uh, several years ago, there was going to be a grand annual gala event on Long Island, and I was so ready to go. It was, you talk about that time. I was like, this is going to be my moment. This was my moment. I was like, this, yes, sing it, girl. This was my moment that I was going to like, this is the day. This I'm going to go to this weekend event. This is going to be my, my re-coming out. Because I'd come out early in the 90s and then, you know, peaks and valleys. But this was going to be my return. Mm. You know, Savannah, the return, part two. Savannah, the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, that gala event got canceled. So, I mm. completely understand wow. being destroyed and wow. devastated by... The, the inspiration of like doing this thing and then not being able to, which I regret hinging all my hopes and dreams right. on this moment Having when I should have been like, you know what, let me harness that into some other way of expressing it. You know, but I needed that event for me at that time. What was it? Is it Cindy Lou Who? I want to be yeah. that Cindy Lou Who for everybody to say, you know, Christmas will be still Christmas wow, without. <laughs> Yeah, you want to be the Cindy Lulu cross dresser that's gonna make a difference. Make a difference. We don't need decorations to make this work. Uh, by the way, we have no rights to this music. Um, I I butchered the song, so it doesn't matter. That's true. (laughs) But, um, yes, this Halloween is is so different, and like I said, my Comic Con is canceled. And my opportunity of what I understood to be my opportunities is gone. But I think there's has to be a way, and I don't have the answers. I don't think you have the answers. But I think people need to still strive to present themselves and express themselves and, and not make the event, like the holiday of Halloween, be the only thing that drives you to do it. Right. Well, hope- we showed up. We show yeah. up in costume. Yes. If we can get dressed up on Halloween, yeah, just, just because and stand, you know, on our doorstep and then go back inside. <laughs> well, I've oh actually, God, let's just do, do that. Well, I've done that. Uh, I've gone to <laughs> for whatever reason. When I'm a superhero, when I'm a superheroine, I love drawing attention to myself. Like the best thing I could do is like, I'm going to go stand in line at Starbucks and let people just be like, what just happened? Why is this some random Tuesday? And they're dressed up as a superhero. Um, 
I love doing that. So that always makes me very happy. I thought you were going to say, I love just climbing on the roof of my house. I love getting the mail, waiting for the mail person to show up and then making the like, I'm going to fly sign. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we could, we could do that. I could just be like, Hey, I'm going to Lowe's. You need anything? Need any lumber? Right. It's like, give me a list. I'll go anywhere. That's right. I'll go. Yeah, your wife would be like, what do you mean you want to go shopping in costume? No, no, don't worry about it. I need it. No, it's, it's, it's all good. good. I got this. <laughs> so uh, I guess my only, the only thing I can say about Halloween and the pandemic is you were planning to have this as your moment. Maybe just, just still plan it to be your moment. You know, maybe not hide behind Halloween even though it's such a safe way to do it and express yourself without that added judgment on top of it. But unfortunately, unfortunately, it's becoming more and more prevalent that people know that Halloween is a cross-dresser's Christmas. So it's almost like you're like, oh, now you're just buying into that stereotype that guys want to dress up as women. Yeah, I mean. But I've been doing it at the office for five years straight, always gender bending, and still nobody... Thank you. And still, there wasn't like, um, are you a cross-dresser? I have not had that happen to me, even not. though I've been doing it. So. And you know what my question is for you? What's that? Whatever happened to that lovely gentleman that was making your nipples erectus by putting candy down your shirt? Did you ever, <laughs> in the five years, set a boundary and be like, I don't like that, or I like that, I would prefer you use Lifesavers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you given any sort of like information as person beyond like, oh, I'm your woman. I'm just going to shove candy down your top. To answer your question, no, we never broached the subject again, unless it came up, unless it came up as an anecdote, like Mm -hmm. around, like, hey, remember when he did that? We'd all have a good laugh about it. Um, I did not set boundaries. I did not say use lifesavers instead of uh, Brock's hard candy. But what was the candy? I never did ask. I, I wanted to say it was like a time. Jolly Rancher. Oh, God. But it was like... like. I, I know we're not supposed to swear or else we're trying not to, but I want to say something. Yeah, go ahead. Can I say like yeah, a go swear? Ahead. Sure. So someone, someone in eighth grade was like, hey, you want a Jolly Rancher? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I loved it. Yeah. And they looked at me and they were like, then fuck a farmer. I was like, I was so embarrassed. I felt both joyful and totally shamed at the same time. More shame than joy. Totally embarrassed. Because I love Jolly Ranchers, but fuck a farmer. I mean, that just sounds yeah, really like, Just wrong. On many just levels. Walked away. Yeah. Just walked away. And why do the you farmers have to be put down like that? That's terrible. Terrible. And what flavor Jolly Rancher? Like, it right? Well, I think I'm more of a watermelon. <laughs> I like watermelon, if I remember. I haven't had a Jolly Rancher in years, probably because of that incident. But <laughs> um, you heard that too? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm talking about the getting it down my shirt incident. Oh yes, yes. But yeah, we never spoke of it. Um, I never set boundaries. I didn't. Still, don't know what to make of the whole situation. Just like I don't know what to make of the other situation of like this guy who can't stand to look at me. Thank God I'm in a different location now. That oh, I don't have to yeah. hear about it. I just hope that Halloween coincides with uh, like those Zoom calls we have now with everybody in, in the, the company. So I can be right. on screen going, hey, what's up? This is Black Cat. Just saying. <laughs> you can change your name below. 
Yeah, to Felicia Hardy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I gotta, I gotta make sure it's like solid and just like you, you go all in to the the character. And then when you leave, you can be like, "Bye, Felicia." I'm like, just like leave for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to everybody out there, yeah, I just say make it your moment if you can. I know there's security and safety in Halloween for outward expression, and I'm not telling anybody to like do it a different way. But you know, if it is your moment, there must be other ways to make it your moment and keep it as your moment. So that's, yeah. that's my advice. If you're, you have strength of conviction, there's always a way. It's just a matter of finding and navigating. If you have like a hot pink corset, find a way. Yeah. And if you're just sitting on the toilet, because you know that takes at least 45 minutes. <laughs> it happened First with all, my father. I... It happened with his father. Okay. His father before that. I was gonna say the only reason I'm on the toilet that long is because I'm pretty much going through all my social media. So <laughs> it's it more of just change. a chair. It's just a chair at that point. <laughs> and I always wondered what was behind that magical door. And it could be, I mean, it's you know, someone sitting on the toilet that's a man and your father, you know, whatever. Like there was the <laughs> logistics, but I also had a very large imagination and came mm. up with a wide variety of things. So yes, I say take a note for my imagination and just like use it as your time to finally wear your Halloween costume and just lock the door. Like, I know we're trying to get out of the closet, but right. you do you. If you're robbed of that Halloween, there is the time in the bathroom where all us gals don't know what happens. It's a solid, you know, 25 to 45 and just you do you. <laughs> you do you, Stephanie, Brooke, Candace, Gabby, Cheryl. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm lucky to be able to just do my thing and go out and you know kind of be in the world for a bit. And maybe for other people, it's about going go outside their neighborhood to find what they need to find and like express themselves. So again, I'm not telling anybody they should put themselves in harm's way. I don't want people to get hurt or get sick or anything like that. So we're not advocating that. But you know, make it your moment, like you said. And just do you and be you and be the best yep. you. You're here. So awesome episode, Charlie Chaplin. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, oh, a tip of the hat. Very nice. Foxy Fox. And we wish everyone peace and safety during this outrageously different time. Mm-hmm. And we will be here. We will be here every week as a yes. place for understanding awareness and hopefully we will be able to help people be a little better about cross-dressing and whether you're a a partner a spouse hopefully this will shed some light on your situation love it i love it and if anybody uh wants to leave a comment or even post on any of our social media like on facebook or instagram we will if you have a costume and you like rocked it man we would love to see it too we would love to hear your experience yeah check out our facebook page fox and phoenix podcast and please leave us a story we'd love to receive pictures and questions you have about this episode we love we'd love to hear from you we would we really would and again as always my lovely julie thank you so much oh thank you so much i appreciate you a lot savannah 
Thank you. I appreciate you too. Like I said, if it wasn't for you, as I said earlier, now we'll always say to you, if it wasn't for your dream, I wouldn't be here. So. No. And if it wasn't for my dream and you hearing it and you making it come true, this podcast would not exist. So we have each other to blame. Yes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> So bye for now, and I hope everyone takes care, and we will see you next week. Bye for now. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <clears throat> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor Copyright 2020. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters.